0: All right, this is uh, Inappropriate Earl, fresh off the heels of one of the most, not one of the most, the most controversial episode ever. I mean, uh, there'll be a part two coming next week with Tommy Morris, the great talent coordinator, ex-talent coordinator of the Comedy Store. Get some interesting takes. And this man was mentioned, my next guest, uh, in the Tommy Morris episode. He's uh, a comic, a podcaster, Uh, in charge of the number one podcast network out there, Death Squad, uh, friend to all in the Los Angeles comedy community, um, producer of the Joe Rogan Experience. Please put your hands together for the one, the only, you know him as Red Band, but he has a first name too, Brian Red Band.
1: Hi, Earl. I like your uh, little microphone thing you got there. You got the uh, brass knuckles microphone clip on your microphone.
0: It's my only sponsor of Inappropriate Earl. Oh, From really? The singer of Rat, Stephen Piercy. He has a company called Mike Knuckles. Oh, that's so cool. And uh, they come in various models. This is the Talon model. <laughs> uh, he was nice enough to sponsor me. And uh, thank you to Stevie Rochelle for providing the music. Uh, but enough about the sponsors. Uh, I've always wanted
1: you on this podcast, but I just figure someone like you is too busy. Uh, I, I really have been cutting a lot of my work down lately. Like, uh, as he's, you know, you said like the, the producer, of the Joe Rogan podcast, you know, I'm not even really doing that much there anymore. I, uh, I do like once a week on that now, uh, on death squad. I'm I used to do like 11 podcasts a week, but now I'm doing like two or three. Uh, I'm just trying to not work as much cause I, for four years, I, I just, Non stop like uh, I had i was if I was awake, I was doing something usually podcast related or something,
0: but how many episodes does uh the Joe rogan experience is it uh
1: based on his schedule um yeah, it used to be we would do one once a week, would like hey, you know let's do one, and then it became like, hey, we should get somebody else on you know as a guest, let's do Ari or something, then we started doing twice a week, and then three times a week now sometimes Joe has like four or five podcasts a week. I usually only do one or two a week, if anything, nowadays. Uh, We we, uh, got a new employee, Jamie, who you might see at the comedy store all the time. Uh, He pretty much learned everything I did. And so he's like kind of like my shadow now, or he does half. He does it now. A lot of the work now. So it's nice. And you're doing more stand-up now. More stand-up. Yeah. I'm focusing more on stand-up because I don't, I I think that's... uh, something I like doing and I don't really consider as much work as sitting on my computer editing podcast and like video and you know doing all this stuff that's not fun I, I consider more of a job and I consider more of stand up uh, something I just enjoy you know not so much in LA but <laughs> well, stand up in LA is awful oh uh, yeah
0: it's it's bad but you've got the, the best thing because you built your fan base not before you started doing stand up but you you know you all you have a
1: following bigger than any headliner it's nice because it's when i think one of the 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 cool parts about doing stand up is when the audience knows you and a lot of times you know you can go anywhere on the road like uh, a chuckles in indiana or whatever and they'll sell a weekend for you you know by giving away tickets or two for ones or you know they'll it, or they will just have people that go to every show every week, you know, kind of like a movie. So a lot of times you're doing these shows and then they don't know who you are. So you have to like, you know, win them over and shit like that. But when you have your own audience base, it's nice because I could go to Indiana and have, you know, 100 people there that know exactly who I am and know everything about me. So it makes the shows a lot more fun. And that's what's cool about Death Squad is it's kind of like a a bunch of comedians, you included, like I could take you anywhere and people already know who you are, which is way better than half the times when you're on the road or something.
0: Oh, yeah. You it's know? like,
1: you know, when I used to
0: open up for Rob Schneider and I still do occasionally, no one knows who I am. Right.
1: <laughs> Yeah, And I think when when I used to be a f- comic fan growing up, I used to always go, well, that opener guy was funny and the second guy was funny, you know, but I never really go, who was that person? Like I never, I didn't have the ability to like follow them on Twitter or, oh, what, they have a podcast? You know, it was more of like, oh, the opener went up and I will never see that guy again, but he was funny. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> Cause you know, when you're the opener, you're not really plugging your Twitter address right. while you're right. going up, mm-hmm. uh, And, you know, when you open up for Rogan or or Joey Diaz, uh, I would imagine that crowd knows you almost as much as they know Joey or Joe. Yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah, definitely from the podcast and... I mean, I used to open up for Joe and Joey and I, like, I got stuck after Joey Diaz in the middle and I had only been doing comedy for like a year and uh, it was, it was rough, but I mean, it was fun. It was a cheap code in comedy, Uh, you know, in like the three years that I used to do that, it really made me grow fast and like, and, you know, having Joe, you know, you get off stage and Joe go, you need to edit that, cut that down, take this. Like, he really helped me out in, in like the the basics of joke writing and like not saying too much and getting to the point and, you know, cutting jokes that are not funny that you just believe in, you know, stuff like that. But I've got a few of those. Yeah. Do you ever pull out the, the ones that like, I'm going to try this one more time. Oh, I've got a joke about Baby Godzilla
0: that I'm obsessed with, and it—be honest with you, Baby Godzilla? Are you
1: serious?
0: It's never done well once, but I love the joke, and I every now and then when I think I have the crowd, like a hot crowd, i will like, "Hey, I got to do this just to see if you guys will like it,"
1: and it never does well. Oh my ever. god, I have to hear it. I have a weird thing with Baby Godzilla.
0: Well, I cry. I still to this day cry whenever Son of
1: Godzilla comes
0: on. <laughs> and there's two scenes where uh the first scene when godzilla is trying to teach him to blow smoke and he can't do it he keeps like blowing out these little baby smoke rings so finally godzilla gets pissed and hits him over the head with his tail and he finally blows it out like it, and i it just it reminded me of me and my dad and then at the end i mean i'm 47 i still cry at this scene <laughs> There's a big fight scene with the monsters and they beat them up and they walk off into the snow <laughs> and it's snowing really bad. And it, it's like there's no CGI, obviously. And, it's just you know, it's just a dude and probably an eight year old kid in the costume. <laughs> and it, I'm telling you, man, if you don't cry.
1: <laughs> it just makes you choke up. That's so cute. I have this thing where like my go to doodle. Uh, is baby Godzilla. Like, that? like, like, uh, if I have a napkin and a pen, I'll immediately just subconsciously draw baby Godzilla. Not even know why I have no idea why I do that.
0: Well, cause he's kind of an interesting <laughs> looking, he almost, they made him look kind of human. Like he's got those big bug eyes and he's kind of looks like a fat bald guy. <laughs> but like a miniature fan i just i mean i got to watch that again i'm telling you it's i don't know if i guess it would be on youtube uh yeah uh it, it, just fast forward to the end scene and it's like the little instrumental they have like a almost like a jazz type of uh thing it's i'm
1: but i cry at weird things did you grow up kind of like science fictiony like uh, yeah. monsters and all that stuff like
0: probably my favorite show as a kid was this thing that nobody ever seems to have seen called Giant Robot it was about this robot who was dormant and uh, they uh, there was this little Japanese kid who found this watch and the, the only thing that would wake up the robot was whoever spoke into this watch first and they had total control so this little kid is like, hello, hello, into the watch. So this kid controlled the robot. Wow. And uh, the bad guys would always fuck with this kid, and, and the giant robot would always you know, win the battle. And so at the end, I cry at this too, dude. I'm <laughs> telling you, you will cry at this. you got to watch all the episodes so you're emotionally invested in the storyline. But uh, the bad guy in giant robot was this emperor guillotine 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 and he's made of nuclear material so no one ever fucked with him because he would blow up and blow up the world (laughs) so the end scene he's fighting giant robot and guillotine's like uh you can't touch me or i'm gonna blow up the world so giant robot picks him up and flies off into space oh and he blows up and the little kid starts crying i'm just oh, i'm telling you man
1: what was that on was that like regular nbc uh it was on
0: uh like uh basically what was the first cable channel k it's kdoc which is channel 56 in california and uh they had like weird like speed racer like shows that weren't on like two ford but
1: this was at a time
0: when there was only three channels like two right. four and uh Man, seven
1: i want to youtube this so bad and just
0: see it i'm telling you john it, it's i'm sure all the episodes are up uh somewhere right and uh i'm not really doing it justice but <laughs> so and giant robot his fingers were like nuclear missiles so like when he would have to fight a monster he would just like <laughs> oh is great uh, i mean for the time now i in Someone who's, who's technically as savvy as you are, who's like these special effects are horrible. But he was nineteen like sixty. Yeah, right.
1: So I mean what what did you watch as a kid? Did you watch stuff like that? Yeah. Uh I remember Buck Rogers was big uh for me growing up, Star Wars obviously, but uh um I'm trying to think of what, what there was one thing that I, I I, my show that I really loved growing up, but no one can remember is when there was a monkey that was the president of the United States. His name was Mr. Smith. And I swear to God, his voice was done by George Burns or something like that. And he was just like, like people would come to him as like, president, what were we going to do? And he's like, hey, dog, you know, we got <laughs> and it was like a sitcom on ABC and I don't think it, it, probably went one season or something, but I remember that was my favorite show of all, and I can never find it. Like I, I've tried YouTube and everything, trying to find Mr. Smith, I think it was his name.
0: Wow. That's, I, I mean, I'm a TV connoisseur of yeah.
1: that. Uh, uh, it's like the small wonder years. It was around that time period. But yeah. there was a lot of shows like that, Yeah, like that were around for one or two seasons and yeah. Uh, I was really big in the cartoons growing up, like Hanna-Barbera and Tom and Jerry was my big one. You know, I never got into cartoons. I liked more of the, uh,
0: like, shows like The White Shadow, mm-hmm. uh, which was an amazing show. Very, uh, they covered some wild stuff, you know, racism, abortion. You know, this is, like, 1980s, so it was, like, you know... Pretty cutting-edge
1: stuff. I was a huge wrestling fan also growing up. Let's get into that. (laughs) But the thing is, it's like I, I... my mom tells me more things than I remember about it. So I must've been molested by in that time period or something, but I mean, it's
0: it's breaking news. Maybe this will be better than the Tommy episode. Red band molested
1: during WWF two. Now I'm tagging hashtag. That's the first hashtag, but I used to, you know, like Piper's pit and like all, like I had all the wrestling toys, you know, like the big ones that were like all rubbery, if I can remember or something like that. Uh, uh, and, but then I remember UFC 1 came out, and then I just stopped watching wrestling. Like It was just like night and day. I was like, oh, my new guy is uh, that big, big, tall, bald guy. Butterbean is my name, or whatever. <laughs> Butterball. Uh,
0: well, I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's Butterbean, Eric Butterbean. Yeah. I, I don't know his last name. Uh, and then uh, UFC 1 was like, yeah. I remember buying the... Uh, the vhs at best buy Mm because people forget i mean like for like newer
1: fans they always thought the ufc was this big uh no you know what it was to me it was like in in college or whatever when i was a freshman i had one of those tapes that you could like record like three shows on like six hours you know like low quality uh and i had like ufc one ufc two and then like faces of death and that was my 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 tape that like every friday would go to a friend's house drink beer and watch those three things over and over and over again but back then it was just brutal it was like you know black belts versus bartenders of applebee's you know like it was so mixed matched that it was almost gory like faces of death like you you really thought these people were about to die you know
0: i prefer that era to be yeah, honest with you me too <laughs> i mean Quite i exciting well i mean uh I mean, you they're never going to go back to that era. No. Uh, you probably... I mean, I remember Don Fry, who was probably like my first celebrity guest I had on this show. I was in awe of him. Like, the first guy he fought, I think, at UFC 3, was a taxi cab driver. Yeah. Thomas Hernandez. Um, and, I mean, Don Fry's a pretty... Uh, it, it, for, for that era, very experienced, well-rounded fighter. And Thomas Hernandez was just some 400-pound taxi cab guy. Yeah. Who I'm sure, uh, I forget the first UFC, basically that Joe, the Joe Silva of that time, Art something, uh, I think he said he went up to him and said, hey, you're a big guy, can you fight? <laughs> and Don Fry knocked him out in 10 seconds. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you had like Tank Abbott
1: fighting. Tank and, Abbott. And, uh, right. Like, you know, uh, that karate guy. Who was the karate guy? Remember he had like a, he wore the full karate outfit and he had like the... Keith Hackney. Yeah. Who is in one of the greatest UFC fights
0: ever because they had him, I think, in maybe UFC 4 or something. And I'm sure your fans will jump on me because yeah. I might be wrong. Uh Against the 800-pound sumo wrestler. That's
1: right. That's what... It-
0: Emmanuel Yarbrough. And you would think by looking at just on paper, like, wow, this sumo guy's going to kill this guy. Yeah. And he threw one karate chop. The sumo guy missed. And he was so fucking fat, he fell down. And he like, beat down. And then uh, Keith Hackney was just like, "Yeah," any back
1: fist, front fist, karate chops, and he beat him. Yeah. It, it was weird because uh, I grew up in Ohio and, uh, you know, I didn't... We didn't really ever have like the UFC come to Columbus, but we had like the tough man contest and we had the Arnold Schwarzenegger classic every year. For some reason, Arnold Schwarzenegger just once a year came to Columbus and had this big muscle thing going on. And, and he Arnold Schwarzenegger also owned like a restaurant in Columbus with Sylvester Stallone and Bruce Willis. To Planet Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, it was like the, one of the first ones or something. And it was at the same mall that Victoria's secret uh, owner, Les Wexner, who owns Victoria's Secrets and Express? He built this huge mall. So it was this mall in the middle of Columbus, Ohio. Would have like on some days you would see it, and be like, "Oh, there's Arnold Schwarzenegger and Victoria's Secret models," and in the <laughs> and then there's the Columbus, Ohio fat chick. You know, it, it was such a weird experience growing up in columbus because there was so many weird things about it like that like n- why was arnold schwarzenegger so invested in columbus ohio sure, victoria Secret models i guess uh, so And he still has that thing every every year i think it's called the arnold classic yeah arnold classic and uh i think it's the second biggest bodybuilding uh competition uh, other than mr olympia mm-hmm. so and in uh, ufc used to be the same weekend as a but recently they stopped doing that. But it was awesome because you'd go there for UFC during it. So you would, like, have all these, like, crazy muscle chicks everywhere. And it was fun. It made UFC a little bit more fun. I'm scared because Cyborg just followed me on Instagram. Oh, really? So
0: I got to watch my P's and Q's now because I know, uh, you know, our mutual friend, uh, the great Tony Hinchcliffe is uh, – and got some Twitter beef with her, and I'm, oh, yeah. I'm
1: staying out of that. No shit. And then Tony just got, I mean, Tony's already training. He ate meat for the first time last night in five years. We went to, uh, he, he's he been vegan and vegetarian for five years. I don't know if it has anything to do with the cyborg thing, but the other day he's like, I think it's time for me to start eating meat. And so we went to Fogo last night, and he ate oh, wow. pounds of meat. Well, I mean, cyborg is. Uh
0: I mean, she's a she's a strong woman. Yeah, I don't know why
1: he would pick a fight with
0: her. I mean, you know it's you know we're all comics. You think on you know I've said some pretty mean things on Twitter about just trying to be funny about various celebrities, and you know you never think they're going to call you out, you know. Yeah, I did a few Charlie Sheen HIV jokes. I'd be pretty uh, weirded out if Charlie Sheen started tweeting me back. Oh
1: oh man that charlie sheen thing was brutal because at first i'm like you know i've known about this whole charlie thing charlie sheen thing for a while you know i've known how like i've known girls getting paid like thirty thousand dollars ten thousand dollars for like just hanging out with him for a week to fuck him yeah yeah well if he could do that you know i've heard breaking news (laughs) this might be better than the tommy episode No, I mean, allegedly, uh, you know, I've heard stories where he's just the whole time in the bathroom, curled up in a ball doing what he does. And he just wants people around him, you know, type thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, but then I thought, wait a second. Have I you have to kind of do the Charlie Sheen ladder of did he fuck this person because that person fucked that person? Maybe I got, you know, are you in the Charlie Sheen uh, tree of truth. <laughs> well you might have been. I mean like you've uh I'm just trying to put this in as nice a way
0: possible. You've dated or uh had relations with women in the um uh pornographic film business. Yeah.
1: I did the I did the math though. It took me a couple hours and no I'm safe in the in the tree though. Like there's no connection to me and Charlie which You know, that's scary because he would not tell girls and then those girls would be in the porn industry and then just fuck other people. And then, you know, how long has this been going on for? I thought when Charlie Sheen said he had HIV, that there was going to be this explosion of AIDS in L.A., you know, from, you know, it might be because I mean, he had he would have 10 to 20 girls over. You know, and if he fucked any of those girls, then those girls fucked other girls. And, and then they fucked a comic. Yeah, and, and they and, fucked a comic, which is definitely easily possible knowing half the comics I know. Oh, con- yeah. male comics are pigs. <laughs> I've lost every girlfriend
0: I've ever had at the comedy store because of these animals. <laughs> I mean, there's no code. I I live off of code of uh, ethics that I don't think a lot of people do. So.
1: No, I don't think they do either. It's It's ridiculous. I've had many a problems with comedy store to the point where it's like, I don't even want to introduce my friends to girls that I date anymore. <laughs> you know? Oh, I'm so secretive <laughs> now about who I date.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, Cause I just, uh, and it's not just the comedy store, but I mean, you and I are there probably more than other clubs. Right. I, you know, uh, I, I think it's very, uh, uh, people's thinking as well, uh, that girl's fucking Red Band or Earl. She'll fuck me. Uh, yeah. Guess what? She won't. <laughs> right. In most cases.
1: The uh, worst, though, have you, when you meet somebody new, though, and you're going through like, oh, so have you ever been, you know, any comics? And then they say that one comic, like, God damn it.
0: Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, the, these some of these comics are so stupid, though. They text whoever I'm dating or was dating at three or four in the morning uh, hey, uh, uh, let's blah, blah, blah. And I'm, usually the girl's in bed next to me going, hey, look who just texted me. Yeah, so, isn't that funny? So I'm not fooling anybody. <laughs> it happened recently. Did it? Uh, and it's the same guy who was texting the last girl. Really? So, uh, you know, it just... <laughs> That's crazy. You know, and then, you know, it's just animals. It I, animals. Know, even in my horniest of days, I was never like that. Like if you like you've dated some beautiful women, I've never once thought I want to try and, uh, you know, yeah, it's unbelievable.
1: It is. And it's, it's really gross because I had one recently where the guy came up to me and goes, who's that girl? And I'm like, oh, you know, this girl, blah, blah, blah. I've been hanging out with her a lot lately, blah, blah, blah. Next thing I know, like uh, two days later, I see him with her getting out of a car. You know, he's he's a lot more famous and rich than me, you know, so it wasn't like I was dating her or anything, but he immediately must have homed in on her. And then, uh, you know, because then next thing I know, they're fucking and I'm like, oh, okay, I guess uh, I'm just going to write that one off the list. (laughs) There's no just there's no uh,
0: code of ethics. Yeah. You know, so, but, you know, that's, you know, that's the world of L.A. comedy. <laughs> you know, you know that going in, uh, you know, don't
1: bring a girl up to the comedy store is nah, probably the best. It's uh, the best advice. And it really sucks because I always break that advice, mostly because they get mad if I don't bring him to the comedy store. So you kind of have to do that once in a while. Uh where like what what goes on at the comedy store? I want to see what goes on at the comedy that that whole thing. A lot does.
0: <laughs> and it's the greatest club on earth. Yeah. I mean I mean the ice house is great, the improv's great, laugh factory not so much just because you can't hang there. You know, they charge comics to go to perform or to watch. <laughs> yeah. So if you have a show at the Laugh Factory and I go to the door and say, Hey, I'm Earl, I'm friends with Red Band, they're like, Great, fifteen bucks. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> you know. That place. Ugh. I mean, I love the crowds there.
1: As a performer, you've done shows there, right? I've done a couple. Like they don't. Uh, I have a weird, weird relationship with the Laugh Factory. Like for a while, they were doing like Death Squad shows. I'm like, you can't just do call it a Death Squad show, you know? Like that's fucked up. Well, I mean, <laughs> would they have like d- like comics who you uh, you put on Death Squad shows? And- yeah, me, yeah, they would put comics on that I would have on death squad shows, but they would sell it as their own desk squad show. And I'm like, you can't really do that. That's bullshit. But I've been on a few other shows where like, you know, Dom Herrera had me on a show and blah, blah, blah. And I've always had fun, but I've done their Vegas room, but uh, I don't know. It's, I think I'm a little bit, I'm, I'm really dirty. So like if it's not my audience and you're mixing me with like a clean guy, it's really salt and pepper, you know. It's like, oh, here's the, here's here's this guy's version of comedy. Oh, and here's like a Doug Stanhope version of comedy. You know, right. it's you, I'm good for like R-rated shows or dirty shows, but when I'm on like a like a white bread show, you know, like mom and dad and the kids, uh, I'm not the best at that kind of shit.
0: But I mean, that's what's you know great is you've got. I mean, the key to success in comedy, to me, is. Finding a fan base that likes your stuff, yeah. I mean, it's you know, Dane Cook, whether you like him or not, or in between, like he found a an audience of people who like his act. You know, filled Madison Square Garden with. Yeah, uh, it's so weird, right? You know, Dean Del Rey, uh, <gasps> like it's the perfect mm-hmm. example of you know finding uh, rockers and uh, you know I, that age range of people who love him. Yeah, so.
1: yeah. I, I, I really wish, though, that, it, you know, it kind of sucks because I used to get uh, spots, you know, all the time. At the store? Uh, just locally, right. you know, but never got really spots at the store. But now it's like, you know, uh, I thought when Tommy was going to be gone that it would be, you know, like, oh, finally, I don't have to deal with that bullshit anymore. It's going to be normal. Now it seems like it's it's gotten almost... To the point where whoever's doing it now I don't know Adam's still doing it or whatever now but now it's like uh it's it's it's, it seems more crowded because now it's like all the comics that hated Tommy came back so now it's like you know 50% more comics at the comedy store trying to get spots so uh, and the same amount of spots but like you know like Joe came back
0: Joey came back right uh, and I think Adam's reached out to like people like Rob Schneider, who like Tommy, uh, uh, you know. Let's just say, uh, you know, I think Tommy told him come come on Mondays, right. which is the potluck night, right? Right. Which is crazy to me. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, like whether you like Rob or not, he's yeah, a comic, crazy. or yeah. I mean, it's, it's Rob Schneider. So uh,
1: you know, there's. Uh, and I'll get into that with Tommy uh, on on Monday. But uh, <laughs> you should also get into you know one thing I thought was interesting because uh, I I love that interview man I I was uh, I was glued to the glued to it it was uh, it was interesting in so many ways but one thing I thought was interesting is how he said he how much he loved Joe Rogan which which like is completely false a hundred percent false well, that's why I brought it up. <laughs> I mean, I do, I
0: might not strike you as someone who does research, but I, you know, I'd heard through the years and I think the one, uh, and I want you to tell this story, yeah. uh, you know, I heard that maybe Tommy wasn't the biggest fan of Joe's, but, uh, so I wanted to see his reaction and, uh, but you one night were performing at, I believe, Potluck.
1: Uh, yes. Yeah. It was, uh, p- friends and family or whatever it was I was doing. like It was like my first time ever being able to do friends and family uh, on the stage in the OR. Now I just want to set this
0: story up <laughs> and you were recording your set.
1: Yeah. Uh, I always record all my sets, you know, on your phone, a lot, most comics, if you ever see them get on stage, they put their phone down on the stool because they're recording their set. So you can listen to it later. And, uh, I was nervous because I'd never played that room before. And I... The OR. The OR. Because I wasn't allowed to perform at the Comedy Store or do anything at the Comedy Store for a long time because of the whole Carlos Mencia versus Joe Rogan video. I was kind of like, I don't know, blacklisted there along with Joe for a long time. And uh, when I came back, it was really hard for me to get to, hey, I want to do comedy here, and then... uh, actually being allowed to uh and i think what happened is uh, if i remember somebody like benji or somebody uh who was hosting that night go dude you want to go up and i'm like uh sure i would love to go up yeah i've never done it before he goes yeah so i think they kind of snuck me on stage uh and so i did my spot and i had a really good set Kirk Fox, I remember was in the back of the room and he came up to me right when I got a stage and was like, Hey Brian, you know, that last joke was hilarious. You should say, and he gave me like a tag on the spot and I'm like, Oh, that's great. Thanks. And then I walk a little bit farther. I'm walking off, you know, the stage uh, to the back of the room about to, you know, leave the room. And then Tommy's just jumps in front of me and he, I was so in shock because he was very frantic and he was just like, you still working for Joe Rogan, huh? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, yeah, you you, you suck dick too. And I'm like, what? <laughs> he goes, yeah, I know what you do. You, you and Joe that you got, you, you suck each other's dicks and blah, blah. Like and he was just calling he, Joe gay and me gay. And then, and then he, he was blabbing about something like I have you figured out and blah, blah, blah. I get what you, and I, I was so confused, but luckily my recorder was still on <laughs> in my front pocket even. Cause I put it in my front, pocket. my recorder was on. And the, you know, the next day or two, like I, I was on the Rogan podcast and I was still in shock. Cause I was like, why, why did he yell at me? You know? Uh, and, uh, we played it on the Joe Rogan podcast <laughs> and it's, it's a beauty. I, I don't know. I wish I could remember what episode it was. I'm sure if you Google it, you can figure it out. But, uh, it it really showed me a side that was like wow this guy is frantically going crazy on me like this is not a normal person this is a person that just saw me go out get off stage get applause do good on stage especially for my first time and then attack me and call me gay and i need to suck that i suck dick and stuff like like very violent you know, like if I had, if that was my first time at the comedy store and I was like brand new, I'd be like, hi guys, how's it going? I get off stage and then the the guy, and one of the guys in charge of the comedy store came up to you and just just called you a, f- a fag and like all <laughs> this crap. You'd be like, what the hell? And you would never go to that comedy store again, you know, that comedy club again. And I, I was in you know, shocked because I've known Tommy for a long time, but I never was one of the, like, I feel bad for all the young comics that, that, that grew up at the comedy store under his regime at some, for some, at some points, because they worship that guy. They, 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 they believe the hype. They believe the comedy store ghost or, you know, they, they, they think that he is some magical wizard that understands everything when, you know what? It's probably just schizophrenia. You know, it's probably mild forms of schizophrenia because that guy listening to your interview in particular is just fucking crazy is what he is he's he's crazy and it's sad he might have a little bit of you know uh uh like you know advice that that is good for comics here and there but he also mixes it in with just horrible advice and horrible like half the people he passed he only passed because they gave him weed every week. I had heard the only way to get it become a regular is to give him weed. So for I used to get free weed, and like I don't smoke as much weed as you would think. So I would, you know, all right, I'm gonna try this little thing. I started giving him weed every week, and he'd be like, oh, "Thanks, Brian." Put it, you know, you know, put it in his pocket and stuff like that. I, it, it never gave me more spots, and then after a few weeks, I was like, "That's dumb. I'm not going to fuck. I'm not going to pay off this guy with weed." But yeah, there's half the people on the wall that that are are on the wall for fucking dumb reasons. Maybe he had a crush on him. You know, like there was a girl that 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 I knew that he was in love with, and he he was about to pass this girl, and he passed another girl, that that you know, supposedly for the same reason. It's so all this, you know. Was, sage advice from like a wise man I you gotta like I feel bad for the younger guys because they believe all that shit and they really they really didn't know the, the real Tommy and if they did they're just being ignorant about it because I saw Tommy from the early days I mean I've been to the comedy store for this is my 12th year been going to the comedy store uh, I saw the early days of Tommy to the late days and you know I never once felt like i had to like act different around him or, or kiss his ass more or anything like that i saw it from the outside and i saw it from you know rogan's side during the carsman see thing i saw every version of him and i have hours and hours and hours of video of tommy you know just during the early days you know i would film his crazy shit because it 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 made me laugh of how like how he would talk about the lineups and stuff. Like I have this fifteen minute video of him talking about the lineups, like why Bobby Lee is where he's at and why he's in he's at. You know what? It's all bullshit. I do lineups every week. You know what it is? You put you, you put the good people out. You put the you know depending on the the audience. You know what time the crowd leaves? It's all basic shit. It's it's not it's not that big of a deal you're either a fucking good comic or you're not a good comic you know you're not i don't know what do you think girl you're like
0: <laughs> but uh, no i want you like i don't talk a lot when someone gets on a roll because uh you know people know my shtick who listen to this show and, yeah. and they're excited to have uh, you on because uh you know you're you and you're you're uh infamous isn't the right word but you're a well-known uh character in the uh comedy uh, la world or you know nationally now so they want they're I we want to hear what red band things i mean i agree with everything you say i mean i was so desperate to get past at the store uh i thought you know i heard the weed things too i'm like ah, what if i just bought him a new guitar because someone had, <laughs> someone had just stolen his guitar right and i thought what if i buy him a guitar and just stuff it with weed and yeah, that's a good idea. i got so uh in the late in the developmental uh th- stages of that thought i was going online and going on like guitarcenter.com <laughs> going all right if i spend a thousand dollars that's a pretty nice guitar and then i'll get him uh some weed from someone we know uh a mutual friend and and just put it in the guitar hole and go hey man but i just at the end of the day i couldn't get past like yeah. that yeah yeah I just couldn't do
1: it. Yeah, when I did uh, the weed thing, I felt I just felt gross doing that, and I was just seeing if I started getting spots or not. It was like more of a test. I get it though.
0: Works, you know, because (laughs) I know one friend, and I don't want to say their name because you know they're not here to uh, repute, Mm -hmm. but uh, they were passed. I won't even give their sex out. Yeah, and this person was getting good spots. I mean, I can understand. I mean, I get it. You know, part of the perks of being the talent coordinators you could potentially get favors from people yeah so i get trying to get what you can in that position uh but this person was getting to go on before sam tripoli with like prime spots in the main room or it's like i could see giving them a wednesday night spot at 130 yeah here's your spot Mm. where's my weed but uh you know it was that was tough to see you know when when guys like I won't say me but guys like Jason Tebow were you know should have been passed and and other deserving people learn
1: oh go learn like yeah, yeah I mean one spot every two weeks yeah but. it's it's ridiculous and you know I didn't really know as much until I started booking the like the ice house and like I, I have sh- I've had a show there every Friday for the last four years uh, I, I book a show there and I usually grab all the comedy store people that the people that I find are funny, you know? And uh, when you see some of the lineups that was going on that, you know, here, here and there, it still kind of happens. You, you really wonder what the fuck they're thinking or what favors are done. Because I mean, some of these people like, they're doing they're getting a great spot and you're like how is this person here like this if if you take this person right now and put them in in the main room doing like an hour showed, can they even do 10 minutes or are they doing the same seven minutes they've been doing for 20 years? Like there's so many people that want that stage time and it's, it, it seems it's like, it's been so clogged for so long that I think this new, I think Adam's doing an amazing job uh lately kind of playing catch up. I mean, he, he's got a hard job. If he is doing, I don't even know if he's still doing, no, he is. uh you know, he, uh, he they just passed Sandro. Who's who deserved you know, it. Did, me and Sandro used to, you know, every day, hitting the mics, you know, back in the day. Sandro uh, has been funny for a long time, and that's somebody you'd never see getting spots. Oh. I never see Sandro getting spots anywhere, but... So hopefully that opens up, you know, and I just wish that they would... I, I don't know, mix it up a little bit more, because it's it just seems like sometimes, like any comedy club, you have, like, the majority, the 75% that are there every single night, you know, and, right. and I just... That's why... Uh, the dust squad show I do at the comedy store once a month, the secret show, my whole idea was that is, was getting people back in that haven't been there for a while. Like I just had uh Pablo Francisco was, that ha- hasn't been there for 11 years. <laughs> and like, uh, I, you know, and all these guys that, you know, didn't that hit heads with Tommy that were scared to go back to the comedy store. I've been trying to mix those guys in and back in just, uh, you know, to show that the place is awesome and yeah. and all these new improvements, while they might seem scary, it's way better comedy store than it was five years ago.
0: Well, I think Adam is, uh, and now I think everyone knows some very good friends with him, but I mean, he's just putting up people who are funny and like Jeff Richards is now back getting, you know, two or three spots a week, good spots, you know, Galerns getting that, uh, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, I will just say this. Adam's been offered a lot of things by people. Hey, if you if you pass me, you know, I'll hook you up. <laughs> and he doesn't. You know, it's good. Yeah. No, it's he but he comes from uh you know the Tempe improv. So he and that was a huge club. Uh so he comes from if you're funny you'll get stage time where Tommy and we'll get into this a little more in part two with him, there seem to be more things in play with him other than being funny. Yeah, you know, and it's what
1: it's favors. I mean, and, you know, and he talks about how the comic store he it was like his big thing. He loved the comic store, and you know, and he loved Mitzi, and he loved everything about it. You know how how would you? I mean, look, why did he leave? You know, like that's so you're you're getting favors from comedians. You're getting free weed from comedians, allegedly. You're getting you know all this crap. And then you're also allegedly taking stuff from the place you love so much. So, I mean, there's so many things just to show you, like, dude, why why do people still look up to him? Like, as if he's some god and not just a guy that's just fucking scamming the system. And, like, he, he's pretty much, you know, he's pretty much doing the same kind of scams like people send you an email. You know, like, like he's scamming. He's a scam artist. Well, I mean, I could
0: see people being loyal to him who he passed and who he uh cuz I you know there were a lot of people and once again I won't say names just cuz they're not here you know who would when they would get passed would come up to me and go dude it should have been you and I wasn't well Tommy didn't really do showcases which was another like weird thing he would just kind of randomly you you'd see someone usually a good-looking dude uh pass
1: and you're like oh you're getting spots now are you passed here? <laughs> you know, yeah. and, uh Well, look at the wall. I was looking at the wall last night and I was looking at all the names. I mean, there's an RC trucking company that's on the wall. I don't know if Tommy passed that. I don't even know if it's a him. <laughs> I know. Him. Star- Strawberries and Cream. Like, there's so many weird names on there that you're like, how, how is this? I mean, it's weird. Like,.
0: You know, I always used to tell people when I got past, I don't really care about my name on the wall. I just want the spots. But, you know, I lucked out. Because Tommy didn't pass me my name got to go right in the probably the best spot to have your name. Absolutely,
1: that center front, front patio of, wall. You, you know why that's the best, Earl? I don't know if I told you this because now with like Google Maps and stuff and like the street view, like now you know it's always going to be the thing when you take a picture of the comedy store. It's going to be the first you know le- name on the wall, and it's like <laughs> literally like
0: right in the middle. Yeah. So I, I I guess I should thank Tommy for yeah. Not Thanks. passing me. And, uh, but you look at the people Adam passed. He's passed five people. I think uh, me, Candace Thompson, uh, Eric Myers, Sandro, uh, and I guess that's it. So uh, uh, is there one more I'm forgetting? I yeah. Uh, five. Glickman? Uh, no, he didn't pass oh. him. Uh, Glickman was already passed. Oh. So uh, I think four. He's passed four people. Uh, and Tommy would not have showcased any of us. Yeah, Uh, definitely not Candace Thompson, a black female. (laughs) Uh, Sandro and me probably looked at us as being too old. uh, And uh, I don't know why he wouldn't have passed or showcased Eric. But, uh, you know, I'm sure he would have come up with a good reason. So, uh, you know, I think, you know, he had an interesting uh, method of doing things. That's for sure. I think Adams is a little more... uh, straight ahead and if you're funny you'll get stage. So.
1: adam's common sense for the most part definitely yeah that's, I mean, and that's what was missing with tommy it was the common sense because it was all that like fairy tale stuff that was yeah. uh, you know <laughs> that, that still kind of goes around on at the comedy store you know but he definitely believed in all the the mystery and the you know to the point where i i sometimes we all thought that he he would always say, Well, Mitzi said this and Mitzi said that. And we're like, Did he she really say that? Or are you Mitzi now? <laughs> you know? Well, I mean,
0: <laughs> no, he wasn't. Uh, you know, it's like taking over for the coach of the Lakers and acting like Phil Jackson. Well, you're yeah. not you're not Phil Jackson. Yeah. It's Phil Jackson's Phil Jackson. Uh but I think Tommy brought a lot of heat on himself because like, he, he would bullshit people. I don't know what he told you, and if he did, please say it. But, like, with me, he would encourage me. Uh, Bro, I know everyone loves you. The building loves you. I, I don't care about the building loving yeah. me. Do you <laughs> love me? Uh, you know, he, he had no intentions of ever passing me. Whereas Adam is the opposite. Someone will ask him, hey, can I get a showcase? Can Why aren't I getting spots? And he'll tell them. Uh, He'll say, bro, you don't, uh, I don't know exactly what he says, but it's something along the lines of, uh, you're probably not going to get a lot of time up here. Your your style's just not for me. And although it's a bummer to hear that, I think they walk away not happy, but okay, at least I know where I stand up here.
1: Yeah, near the end, when I was trying on the weed, Thing to him and stuff like that. He never told me any advice or anything. I would just be like, hey, can I get some spots? And I'd be like, okay, maybe, yeah, we'll see. You know, but it never got to like A, B, or C. Like, you're never going to make it, or you need, you know, this and that. I, I, I don't know how I would react to that anyways, because, see, it's weird for me, because when I was trying to get spots at the comedy store, I was already... S- s- you know, with death squad selling out shows everywhere I go. So it's kind of, it's, it's hard to kiss somebody's butt to get five minutes, you know, here and there when I can just go to San Diego and have four sold out shows, you know? So it it sucks. uh, It sucked for me. And so I was really wondering what he would say to me. Like he never really gave me any feedback ever, except saying that I was a dick sucker and stuff.
0: Well, uh, you know, it's, like I said, it's interesting advice. But you did the, the smartest thing, and, and you did what Rob Schneider told me. You know, when he saw I was a little bummed out at the store and like not not getting much, he's like, "Dude, you got to create your own shit, so yeah. you don't need any club." And you did that. Yeah. You don't uh, need the comedy store. It's certainly nice to, yeah, be yeah. there. But you can go to San Diego at Madhouse or wherever. Uh, just got back from Ohio. Four sold out shows with Tony. So
1: yeah, I, my whole thing with the store is always just because it's my favorite place to be because all my friends are there. Like you, know, I'm there almost every night just hanging out. And so to me, it would be just nice to do spots there just because I'm there. So, you know, so I don't be like, oh, I have to leave now. I have to go do the parlor or I have to go, you know, do the improv and then come back here just to hang out, you know? Well, the
0: store's just so fun. Yeah. It's just like... It really is. You know, like the improv's great. Like tonight is comedy juice and it's, it's a fun hangout. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, the store is just like that bar in Star Wars. It's
1: like...
0: Every unsavory character in the universe is up there, but it's a fun, like positive vibe and and the weirdos get weeded out at the store yeah you know like if you're not a cool dude to hang or girl although girls get a little more leeway at the store you know you'll be weeded out yeah it's it's pretty awesome how it works itself out usually
1: and you know it's just uh And you, uh, how often is your secret show there? Once a month? Once a month. They've been trying to get me to do a couple extra ones here and there, I guess. But it's so hard to book that main room. It's just, it's a big fucking room. It scares me. You know, it's like, it's like if you have only like 40 people come to a show that, or a room that holds 350 people, it just makes you, doesn't make you feel good about yourself, you know? (laughs) But, uh, so as much as I hate doing that, the only reason I can do it is that's the only spots I get at the comedy store. You know, even like friends and family, it's like halftime. They're like, well, we'll see if we can get you in there. I'm like, all right, well, the sold out kill Tony show just ended. So I would like to maybe get, you know, a quick three.
0: What can you do in three minutes? I mean, it's like, uh, especially, you know, potluck and friends and family. It's like, It's not the hottest crowd most nights because it's, you know, tourists who are just leaving L.A. probably that night or Tuesday morning. So they're not exactly in the greatest laughing mood. But, you know, once again, you just had a sold-out show for Kill Tony. So, you know.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting – I have such an interesting thing because I don't even know if I will ever even get past – like I do – I'm going through all the the shit that I've been going through, you know, like the – whatever the spot – development spots – You know, but like, I they put me on development spots like for open mic, the open mic night, like the but that's (laughs) I mean, dude,
0: development spots are now hard to get.
1: What are but what are development spots? Weren't development spots made originally to be like, hey, we're giving you a spot and then Mitzi's gonna watch you and then give you advice? And then isn't that what a development spot is? I mean, I think when
0: she was around and and uh, you know, more uh you know just accessible at the store that was the key like uh you know it's you'd you'd, for it was like a five-tiered system you'd start off at the potluck you know if you were funny you'd get bumped up to friends and family uh and then you'd get development spots showcase pass right and then uh, you know under tommy it was kind of like you know uh for whatever reason he liked you past right like there was no showcase i mean i never even got on friends and family yeah i couldn't even get on potluck which was crazy uh i mean i'm not saying i'm that great but i was good enough at that time to get fucking potluck uh and then you know so adam i think it's getting back to that formula which it's hard to get in there i mean it's yeah i think there'll be and I'm just guessing uh, maybe three or four showcases a year and maybe one to two people passed. Yeah. It, so it's that might not seem like a lot. That would be maybe four to six people passed a year. Uh, but it's like the spots are so tight now where it, it, it should be getting a development spot. It's almost like, wow, I can't believe I'm getting this.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I wish it was... I mean, half the development spots I do, it's just like, like lately it's just been, like I, they have this show with show up, go up or something like that. And I had a development spot before that show. So I get there and I'm like, wait, I have to do my five minutes in front of, uh, these 15 people waiting to go on stage for open mic. Uh, you guys can just have my time, I guess. You know, it's like, this is not going to develop me to anything. It's- <laughs> well, that's a tough crowd.
0: I mean, uh, basically, uh, for those of you not knowing out there, uh, show up go up is like a wild uh, open mic uh, improv uh, type of thing. It's primarily comics in the room, so it's it's not. Uh, but you're in a weird position with that show from the standpoint of every comic in there wants to get on your shows, yeah. So they might
1: give you a little more love. Wh- well, that, know. that, and also I feel bad if it's an open mic show doing a spot at an open mic show. I don't know, it's like these poor guys actually are here trying to get up on stage, and and I, you know, it's not really fair for me to be like, all right, well, Brian gets to go first, you know, I don't know, it's just. But it sh- you should go on first because I I, th- I think I think you it, earned it. it. Yeah, I think it's, I think development spots should be more like this is a, a, a real show. You're just doing five minutes at the beginning of it, you know, like a like an eight o'clock, Bring her juicy show. yeah, juicy vagina show or, or whatever. You
0: know, or Martin where, Harris,
1: yeah. Martin Harris show or something like that. Uh, you know, uh, th- th- there's a lot of bringer shows at the comedy store,
0: just for those of you not uh, comedy savvy. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are tough because you, you cause usually the bringer show guys and girls will throw the development spots up first, which is the worst. Yeah. It's like, okay, we're not here to see Red Band. Uh, make us laugh, monkey boy. Right. And it's tough. But, you know, the, the spots are so tight now that you know even getting on those shows is like hey take it and, you know uh but you've paid your dues man you know you you know with those comics are pissed that you're going on before them well it's a guess what you create a better death squad you you produce a better show than the rogan experience and then you get to go on before red band right
1: yeah i mean and i've been doing stand-up since 2004 2004. That's is a long time. That's fucking, yeah. Uh, I mean, it took like two years off in the middle, but that's, you know, when I moved from Ohio to California. But
0: but that's 10 years, even yeah. with the two years off. I mean, uh, but I'm much a believer in uh, you shouldn't be handed anything. No. So these comics, well, why is Red Band going on ahead of me? Well, how long have you been doing comedy? Six months? Well, guess what? You got to wait. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why aren't I showcasing? Yeah. Uh, well, there's a lot of reasons.
1: Yeah, there's a there's a few people lately where you're just like, you know, wow, you've only been doing comedy two years, but you're acting like you've been doing it for, you know, 10. Uh, I don't want to name names, but the, the, you could tell they're already getting angry that they're They've hit that two-year wall, I guess, you know, where they think they, they're all ready to sell out shows everywhere. And well, you're not. You're not. <laughs> I've changed. I thought I was ready, you know, five years in the comedy. I thought I was like, oh, yeah, this is, this is it, man. I've finally figured it out. But, you know, then I met Tom Segura and I'm like, holy shit, I love how Tom Segura talks on stage. It's so much more relaxing to listen to. So then I've subconsciously tried to slow down my material, slow down my stage presence. Next thing you know, I'm like almost myself on stage 100%. So it's it's such a weird growing, you know, thing that, you know, these young guys, they have so much more to grow that they don't even know.
0: Well, they see a show like Last Comic Standing and, you know, which gives you like a one minute chunk of someone's act and they're like, oh, that's all I need to get on TV. Mm. Uh, No, you don't. You have to be someone like Tom Segura, who's like one of my favorite, not just comics, but people. Yeah, Uh, killer. I mean, he's just so fucking nice and just an amazing comic. And uh, like he called me on a Saturday afternoon. He's like, hey, man, I'm I'm filming like some opening stuff for my Netflix special coming out. Would you help me out with this one scene? I'm like, where are you? I mean, it's (laughs) like, and I'm so fucking lazy with stuff like that. But, like, coming from him, it's like, I'll meet you in downtown. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, that's a guy. That's the intimidating thing about this business to me is, like, you see someone like Tom Segura, he should be so super famous. And he, I know he is to yeah. a degree. It's like, wow, what am I going to He's much better than I am. So
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's intimidating. I mean, and but he's, yeah, he's blowing up right now. I think he just got a show, like a new uh, yeah. pilot or something like that for uh, Cartoon Network or something. I can't remember, but.
0: Uh, has got a Netflix special Netflix, coming out, yeah. You know, Theo Vaughn's another one, yeah. Like, is thing, uh, thing his specials coming out on Netflix? Uh, and it's like, you, I had to follow him the other night. I had a pretty good, you know, set. I thought, I was like, wow, I felt like I had bombed because he did so well, uh, you know. It's like, wow, I got a lot of work to do still, yeah. So, these comics who've been doing it for two fucking years, uh,
1: get in line, yeah, yeah. That's the the, net, the bad part about, you know, becoming a comic. It's such a long process to get even to the point where you're kind of happy, you know. I mean, the first three years or four years of doing stand-up, you know, three night, mics a night, every night. You oh, know, yeah. God, it's it's like going through boot camp just so you can go through another kind of boot camp. Now you're not doing the open mics every night. You're doing trying to get, you know, a spot. Once or twice a week. <laughs>
0: and it's tough, dude. Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of good rooms in LA or not a lot of good spots. So, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's it's a grind. And I think a lot of people don't
1: want to do the grind. Mm-hmm. You know, they just want to... Hand it easy. That's know. what I call actors, you know. yeah, <laughs> A lot of them are just in it to become known and they don't care. They just want to make a commercial or a movie. They... You know, they're not in it for the long, long, long haul.
0: But they see someone like, you know, like you opening up for Rogan. They're like, well, I want to open up for Rogan. Well, you know, Red Band's been doing this 10 years, you know, or when I used to open up for Rob Schneider, uh, you know, same thing. Well, I want to open up for Rob Schneider. Well, I've been doing it a long fucking time. Uh, Pay your dues a little bit more. But, you know, I'm starting to learn that's not how the business works. Yeah.
1: That's another thing I didn't like also was the whole rule at the comedy store, which I don't think they do that anymore. But like if you're if you're a comic, but yet you got booked on a good commercial or you got booked on like, you know, a, sh- a show for a couple episodes that that almost immediately made you pass because i i know a handful of people that (laughs) i think the only reason they got passed was because they booked a tv show that later got canceled you know like a day later so
0: (laughs) i'm telling you if it was the old system right now and this is breaking news story uh you know three uh suspects are shooting up san bernardino right now two dead one's alive i'm telling you right now if that one guy alive did comedy he'd be headlining
1: oh yeah yeah (laughs)
0: I'd be getting bumped for my spot Thursday, but this bastard. But, uh, well, yeah, that's uh, – but, you know, it worked for me today, actually, in reverse. Uh, I just got booked on a show uh, that I probably w- would not have been offered, but uh, I'm on Rob Schneider's Netflix show. Oh, nice. So it's very small scenes, but it's like a semi-recurring character, but – what you just talked about worked worked for me today yeah. so uh you know yeah it's uh, tv credits are i think a almost like a false credit <laughs>
1: yeah i was gonna say well yeah like, and then in in some studies i could say all right do my not tv credits have anything to do with it like like hey that uh, uh, people hear my voice Over like 4 million people hear my voice every week, you know, from my not TV credits, like podcasting and, you know, doing the Joe Rogan podcast and stuff. Like if Joe Rogan podcast was a TV show, it would be one of the number one TV shows. Oh, yeah. But but yeah, you know, I would have been the co-host of one of the number one TV shows. You'd be headline. Yeah, I would be. Yeah. (laughs) But you can headline now
0: because your death squad following is so like... Every time I do uh, the Ice House Chronicles, I get new Death Squad fans, and it's like, wow, these people are fucking amazing. They're like, hey, uh, what's your YouTube channel? What's where? You know, they're like very, uh, they're, and I mean this as a uh, compliment. It might come off as an insult, but
1: they're like pro wrestling fans. They're Mm -hmm. loyal. Yeah, like they they will buy your T shirts and. But that that should take some kind of. What I'm saying is like, how is that not put into play though? For like clubs like the comedy store or, you know, spots that, I mean, I like, as an example, I, I always have this run, on running joke with the general manager of the comedy store. And I'm like, every time I'm there, I at least have to take a photo at least two or three times, you know, like and one time it was like ridiculous. I had to take like 10 photos. And I'm like, and all of them were like, Oh Brian, Oh no, my mate, I'm from Australia. I can't believe you're here. And, you know, and things like that. And then, and then I'm like, uh, when are you up? Are you up tonight? And I'm like, Oh no, no and yeah. I I can't even do three minutes tonight. No, sorry, you know. Oh, no, <laughs> but I've been there. <laughs> but like I'm like a celebrity. I'm taking photos as if like I get spots here. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, uh, you know, I, I think
0: podcasting, uh, like buzz, and is still a new new thing, yeah. new medium for bookers and and managers to accept as a, it's probably. Your death squad credit is probably a better credit than uh, someone being on a sitcom that week. Yeah. Because it's, you know, you're going to be, that episode airs once on Real Rob. You know, next week you're still going to do an Ice House show and and three Rogan shows. Right. So, uh, you know, hopefully it gains more steam.
1: Than it is now. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting because uh, I, t- I heard from this guy that's really high up in one of the biggest radio station networks, and he says this is how far they are behind. They're like next year is when uh, podcasting and all this stuff gets put into uh, you know the uh, the ra- the rating system, whatever it's called, uh, of right. TV. Nielsen. Uh, Nielsen. So this, this coming year, Nielsen's finally going to be in the podcast world doing the ratings, which then opens up real advertisers like Pepsi and Ford and stuff. So I think once that, those numbers start trickling out and you start realizing like, holy shit, Earl's getting better than half the shows on FX right now. (laughs) I'm trying. I mean, I got to you know,
0: uh, I'm still trying to figure out, uh, certain things in the podcast world, but, uh, You know, I'm I'm a baby cub in the podcast world, so uh, I mean, you're like the 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 king of it. Like,
1: yeah, you know, podcasting's fun, but I'm I'm getting so tired of. it. (laughs) Well, you're probably burned out because you do it so much. Like, I do
0: one episode a week, right? I like
1: doing other people's podcasts now. I think that's way better.
0: Well, that's what got me into doing podcasts because, and you know me, I'm not a cocky guy, uh, but usually I, I would get whoever's podcast I would go on, they would say like, wow, you were our best guest or, or one of them. And their fans would say the same thing. I'm like, well, why don't I just start my own? <laughs> so, and, uh, that's where Dean Del Rey was instrumental. Cause we started co-hosting a show together and I'm like, not necessarily. I thought, wow, this is easy, but I thought, wow, I, I kind of like to do this. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but it, you know, it's also hard cause you know, it, I think a lot, unfortunately is based on the quality of your guest right so uh and since i'm you know unknown to a degree i like you know i'm gonna have to i concentrated at least in the beginning on a niche market of 80s celebrities thinking that they're gonna be happy anyone wants to interview them right so <laughs> to a degree that works
1: who'd you have what was your top three i mean i would say the singer for rat
0: nice uh who uh steven percy go to uh at Mike Knuckles on Twitter. <laughs> Get some Mike Knuckles for yourself. Yeah, uh, I want some of those. Oh, they're great. Uh, I got an extra. Well, yeah, you know, we'll talk. I don't, you know, start making deals on right. there. But uh, he he's my favorite singer of all time. It, you know, whatever that says about me. But I love, had to
1: feel great to have
0: him. I was starstruck. Yeah. You know, he was chewing gum the whole time. I didn't tell him. So everyone comes up to me who's listening to that episode, go, dude, I, I love the interview, but what was that clicking noise? Was did you not have the levels or whatever? And like I was junk on. I I couldn't tell him to take it out. Uh, <laughs> and then uh Tommy was probably to be honest with you, uh Tommy's definitely the episode that's gotten the most reaction.
1: Yeah, well I, there's a you know, when you so many people are under his control, you know, they haven't heard from you. You've heard rumors where he's been the last year or two and that's, I think that's, uh, you know, it's interesting because I, even I was like, oh, I got to listen to that episode, you know, just to see what happens. Well, that was the
0: whole point. I mean, I'm not a very manipulative person, but in that episode, I was because I thought, well, you know, whether you love him or hate him, you're going to listen. Yeah. And he was, a, I knew he talked a lot. So it was like, wow, this guy's heaven. And I mean, I think I maybe said literally 20 words that episode. But I didn't. I was like, "Fine, go ahead, talk." Yeah, you know, and uh, I mean, you know, as a podcast host, it sucks when your guest
1: doesn't talk. Oh uh, no! It, but that's one good thing about having. I usually have a co-host or something, you know, that you, you that you can bounce off of, or uh, because that that is a horrible when you know when the other person gives one word answers that's when you ha- it's nice to have somebody else be like all right i could at least talk to well, this guy here, you know like i know you talk a lot and and i'm that's a compliment
0: you know and so i said like, wow this will be fun to interview because we know a lot of the same people and we we, we do the same shit uh <laughs> like there was one guest i won't say their name uh an 80s guest and the, i get it you're from that era you're sick of getting asked the same questions but this particular guest had you know not done a lot to be honest with you so they had the attitude of like well why am I here and I said well how about let's talk about this and they're known for one particular thing I don't really want to talk about that Like, well how about this uh yeah so it was like it was a it was like 47 minutes the podcast (laughs) because it was like and I was struggling and I'm I do research on every guest. I read their books or listen to their music, and it was tough. Yeah.
1: So, uh, you know... Do you think with Tommy, there was a few times that you wanted to call him out on some shit, but you didn't because you just didn't want confrontation?
0: Well, yeah, I'm a pussy in that regard. I'm not very confrontational uh, in nature. Uh, And, you know, he and I'm going to try and get into this in part two. You know, I don't believe him when he says he was going to pass me i mean uh, you know for five years i was up there uh, i think proving myself as a comic and uh after five years i'm seeing people i've never seen up there past yeah uh so i, I might get into that a little bit more with him uh but his episode is like i'm still getting messages daily dude i never listen to podcasts I listened to the whole thing yeah. and big name comics, like a room comics. And so I was like, wow, you know, and I mean, even Joey Diaz last night said, Hey, uh, I'm going to listen to that. Yeah. And I never tell someone of that nature or of that stature. Hey, will you listen to this? Oh, I told Rogan he has to listen to this. Yeah. I mean, I would never dream of going up to Joe going, Hey, will you listen to my podcast? <laughs> but, I almost wanted to, because I mean, Tommy was such a divisive figure, especially to someone like Joe or Joey or you, certainly to me.
1: I mean, when he when 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 he talks, I really want to believe that's what he thinks, and I, I I kind of think he does. I just think he has episodes, like a lot of people we know, maybe because he you know near the end he acted nice to me and to my face, but then you know then like that crazy shit happened, and I was like, all right, what's that all about, you know. Where'd that come from?
0: Well, I mean, that was the weird thing with me and him. It's like our non comedy conversations were really cool. Yeah, they're fine. Like, I remember, uh, remember, I don't remember. Uh, I remember when we had an hour long conversation about David Lee Roth's solo albums. Like, who who on earth could I have that conversation with? David Lee Roth couldn't talk about his. Uh, so it's like wow this guy's kind of cool and we both like sons of anarchy and the shield and the wire
1: but then uh then josh nasser was in sons of anarchy and ruined the whole show for all of us well
0: it was uh <laughs> yeah, i mean you know I, I love yeah i mean you know
1: hey it's a tv credit yeah no no i'm just saying that it's so weird when you're like so invested in a show like i'm I talking know. seasons and then one of your buddies just stumbles in there and you're like ah what are you get? get out of there but he had a great uh <laughs> role in that because he he i I don't think
0: i think he made a one line in seven episodes but he was always in a major scene yes so it's funny and he has a pretty funny joke about how he knew where the cameras were so he'd always kind of like lean into the shot <laughs> and, uh, but uh yeah i mean you know i i hope people still listen to the tommy episode but i wanted to have you on because i know you might have disagreed with yeah i mean i've always wanted to have you on just because but i I'm shy with asking people who I know are busy to come on because they're, oh, they're probably too busy to do my podcast. But, uh, you know, I know you had a history with Tommy and, I mean...
1: Yeah, and I and I might have, like, kind of was a little mean about the whole thing. My my whole frustration with him that is, he just... I don't like seeing and having to deal with all the brainwashing that he really doesn't realize he did to all these young comics and I've heard the good parts and the bad parts of him. But, uh, I wanted, you know, if you just listen to that though, you would think, oh, this guy, was brilliant and this guy you know like i'm just saying don't believe all the shit because there's there's a lot of holes in his stories and him loving rogan and stuff like that that's bullshit all that shit's bullshit
0: you know well that's what i remember you know i specifically you know i brought up two names because i thought all i'm pretty sure he had problems with these people so i just want to see what his reaction would be and rogan was one and danish and o'neill uh mm-hmm. were the others uh because i had a feeling I mean, they don't like him, I'll put it that way. Yeah. So I was interested to see his uh you know I mean, toward the end I said, All right, I'm gonna mention some names, you give me one word. And he's like, Well, I I don't know if I can do one word. <laughs> and so it ended up being a couple of sentences. But yeah. Uh, yeah, if you don't know him, you think, Wow, this guy's got some great points about you know, comedy and the mm-hmm. you know, the you know, one thing I disagree with he's like the college system at the store, which is Basically, you pay your dues. You start at JV and you work your way up to varsity. But there's a lot of people who went straight to varsity.
1: Oh, overnight, who aren't even doing comedy. But we're past. You know, it's yeah, it's frustrating. So that's that's the the big thing because like I've been going there for a long ass time, you know, and I know people that started going there four years ago and they're already on the wall, and they're more geared towards being coming an actor than they are towards doing comedy. And, you know, separating the the acting and the actresses from stand-up comedy, I think, is one of the most important things, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, like... like I always think
0: I'm in it for the right reasons. Right. Like, I'm not in it for the fame or money. I certainly realize if you're good at comedy, you, you will get those things to varying degrees, but mm. I just like doing it. Yeah. There's a lot of people... I think yeah, ever since Jim Carrey made $20 million for Cable Guy mm-hmm. and that story came out, he lived in his van, came to the comedy store and the rest is history that people think, wow, I want, I'd like to make $20 million a film. I'll, I'll just get into stand-up. And it's like what they don't realize is Jim Carrey fucking struggled for 10 years. Yeah. And, you know. So if you get into comedy for money, at least in L.A. comedy, you'll quit after about two months. Right. Just don't take our spots. Just quit yeah, fast. Just, you know, thin the <laughs> herd, baby. Do something else. Not everyone has to do comedy. Most people can't. But, uh, you know, it's, uh,
1: it's a tough business. Oh, I, I, I want to talk to you about boner pills real quick. Oh yeah. I mean, listen, uh, <laughs> sure. I mean, uh, ask away. Uh, so recently I, I, I've had like a fun addiction, not addiction, hobby with boner pills, you know, different kinds that you get at gas stations and stuff. Those are the worst kind. Those are the worst kind. Right. So recently I started seeing things when I'm on them, like visuals and stuff like that. Like I was tripping. And so I immediately went to the FDA uh org. And they had a list of every single boner pill, and they've tested them and told you what's in them, like the secret ingredients that are in them. I don't want to know. Most of it's steroids. Most of them are steroids uh, mixed with Viagra. Uh, but the steroid thing is what it's gotten to me because uh, all of them almost have steroids in them. And I'm, so, who's that? John Jones? Saying no. that he tested positive for steroids, but he was like, oh, I just got this Viagra or something. No, well, it, Anderson Silva. <laughs> Anderson Silva, yeah. That, and he might have been on to something there because uh, uh, they all had him. And so I stopped taking them Immediately, all that weird shit ha- stopped going away where I was, like, seeing weird things. And, you know, I stopped uh, having my dick stopped being able to, like, carry, like, a, a kettlebell.
0: Well, I mean, I take them for maintenance. I mean, I'm 47. <laughs> I don't hide from taking them. Uh, you know, I'm a I'm a dick pill connoisseur. <laughs> What do they call those people who are into wine, a sommelier? Uh, 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 e- like they're they're really knowledgeable about wine, a sommelier. sommelier I, think I, I think I'm saying it right for once in my life. I'm like a sommelier for dick pills yeah.
1: and energy drinks. Yeah, I, I definitely have tried. I've probably tried maybe 50 of the generic gas station versions of them, 50 different ones. I have most of the cardboard Things cause I collect them like baseball cards, and I have most of them. Uh, and I just went through my list of all of them on the FDA. It's pretty, pretty interesting, though
0: I mean, you know, I used to take Hot Rod Five Thousand. Yep, which I got from N One Hundred and One in it, West Hollywood. You don't take that anymore. It gave me started giving me headaches out of the blue. The like, new formula, huh? Really severe. Like,
1: I'd rather go limp than deal with the headaches. So you're on the other one, the combat missile one or whatever it's called?
0: No, no. I, uh, <laughs> to be completely honest with you, I'll even tell my viewing audience, for you locals in the uh, Hollywood area, I go to the Seven Eleven on Holloway and La Cienega. Uh, I get my Larry and Lenny cookies, my Diet Rockstar energy drinks, <laughs> and Zen.
1: Zen. Z-E-N. Oh, yeah, I've had Zen.
0: Um, they... Last a week, one pill lasts a week, and no headache, and it's a pleasant boner. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> hot rod, what do you mean about... Pl- oh, it's, yeah, because Hot Rod would just like... It's like a baby's arm yeah. stretching for a... Hot Rod 5000 <laughs> didn't give you a
0: boner. It gave you a, an aluminum bat. Yeah. And it was great. I mean, uh, you know, but it, it it's not, you know... It wasn't pleasant. It literally felt it like sometimes you had a steel rod in your, your groin. Uh, and
1: sometimes it wouldn't go away. Like, it would just be there for, like, hours. You're like, okay, get out of here, lady. Yeah, and then one night,
0: uh, and this is going to sound like I'm bit running on you doing a joke, but I'm not. Uh, I took one because I thought I had a live one coming over, and she canceled.
1: Don't you hate that?
0: Oh, it's the worst. So then I I had so much energy. I'm like, I'm just going to go to the gym. And I go to two gay gyms, and so... Oh, no. About twenty minutes into bench pressing, I had the biggest boner you've ever seen at a gay gym. <laughs> so you got to be real careful when you take these things, and make sure the girl comes over, yeah. or otherwise don't go to the twenty-four hour fitness.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. Just things like Zen, like the one that you're talking about, Power Zen, which is they also have like the Triple X Zen, which is the three times version of the one you have. Uh, they. Those are like, they, they make it swollen. Like it, it's not more like put all the blood out of your body into the dick. It's right. more like, like you just got bit by a snake and now it's like this hard swollen dick. I like that one better also because it's like, it's not, it's, it's, it's thicker. Usually also it's more of a thicker dick where that, the, the hot rod 5,000 was more of, I thought my dick was going to blow up a few times.
0: Yeah. I mean, it literally was just like, um, you know, an aluminum rod was like in your dick. And even if you came, uh, and I really hope my nieces aren't listening to this one, uh, You know, but uh Zen gives you a pleasant and and the after effect is you know, your dick is still kind of big, but it's it's limp, but it's like still ready to go. It's ready for action. Yeah. And uh you know, you twenty year old and thirty year olds listening to this, you might think, Oh well, I'm never gonna need that. Listen, let me tell you something right now. There's not a healthier guy on the planet than me. Never had a drug or drink in my life. My insides are of a twenty year old. So everyone needs it when you, you know, hit a certain age. So,
1: yeah. And it, it's also, it's, you could still benefit even if you're 20 or 30, you would, you could still benefit from it. Cause I, it does make it uh, a thicker boner. Like, it's not just like, Hey, I got a boner. No, this is like a, you know, like a snake bite boner.
0: Yeah. And I, whether you have a big dick or a small dick or something in between, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's like drinking Gatorade for your dick. Yeah, you know
1: that we, uh, you know, especially if you jack off a lot. This this guy gave me uh, a couple of weeks ago. He was in a wheelchair and he knew because I used to do a bit about boner pills about because I would take I'd take one on stage every night at some time for some reason. Uh, but there was uh he gave me a box of real Viagra or Cialis, Cialis, and so he gave me prescription normal box of he gave me like a hundred pills. And I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. I just got the jackpack. That's like the best gift to give a comic. Uh, so I took one and it wasn't, it was such a baby version of what you can buy at 7 Eleven. Like that Zen, 10 times better than, than store bought Viagra, I thought, or Cialis.
0: Because I think Zen also has things like zinc in it, which is a natural, uh, not aphrodisiac, but a uh, dick. Uh, helper, uh, yeah. Magnesium. Uh, Viagra's just straight Viagra, you know. Yeah. I mean, I've taken Viagra once, uh, and I've told the story before, but really super long story short, my buddy's dad had died. Mm-hmm. He was taking uh, the Super Viagras, mm-hmm. and I didn't know it at the time. So I, he came down after we went to his house to console him, and he's like, Earl, here's my dad's Viagra. You know, you can have it. I took one, nothing. You know, like, oh, maybe I should take another one, uh, Took two. Nothing. Oh, no. Uh, ended up taking four Viagras Are that night. Because st- I thought, wow, this, this stuff doesn't work. Uh, woke up the next morning, uh, beet red from my forehead to my navel. Still nothing. Uh, so I took another one. Oh, a no. About an hour later, uh, I had a boner that is, you know, uh, as hard as my metal hockey trophies. <laughs> And it wouldn't go down. Oh, uh, that's I, dangerous. Yeah, no, it was. So I went to the doctor, brought the pills. I said, this huge boner. Uh, what do I do? And he's literally, his only advice was you got to jack off till it goes down. And oh. he said, Let me take a look at the pills. So he looked at him and goes, Earl, you know these are 50 milligrams each, right? my God. And normal Viagra for like guys my size, your size is yeah. 10 to 20 milligrams. Yeah.
1: So I had literally uh, 500 times the normal amount of viagra oh my god and that's so dangerous because that's why you're not supposed to do things like uh you know like cocaine or or something because it's taking all the blood and putting it in your dick and then like you could take another drug that that goes against that and you could just fuck your shit up lamar odin yeah (laughs) well he
0: took 10 dick pills in three days which is insane yeah i mean you could get away with maybe two two zens a week, and that's pushing it. Yeah, uh, maybe if you took one uh, on the sixth day, it's like you know when the it's kind of leaving your system. But Lamar Odom, he was on coke, ten dick pills in three days, plus I'm guessing booze, maybe. Uh, I mean that's like it's a thank God he's so big. You know what is he six nine two fifty? Yeah. Uh, if we did that, we'd be dead. Yeah so uh you know, just be careful you can buy Zen at any seven eleven uh but uh start off with the uh, i think the twelve fifty milligram one, yeah, and then go up to the four thousand one they have one that's thirty five hundred i think it's called it's uh the the pink one the pink one yeah it's color coded to make purchases yeah. easier and uh you know, and be careful what you take with them. Like red band said, if you're doing Coke and I, hopefully you aren't, but if you are, uh, you know, it's not good.
1: It's not good. Yeah. Try to only do it when you're like maybe having some drinks or something, if you're doing anything, but uh, also, another thing, go check out the FDA.org, ch- you know, look up your favorite boner pill on there because there's a whole spreadsheet where you can like look it up. And San Diego uh, was what my always my favorite place to get boner pills. And there was this one called Black Power, which was the best one I've ever had. I don't yeah. think Tommy would have liked that one. Yeah. <laughs> but that one really did last seven days. A lot of them say they last seven days, but they don't really. That one really did last seven days. Like it, it like it fucked me up for a while
0: well yeah i mean it, it uh you know it's they're they're powerful things i mean uh but it's kind of the wild west for dick pills right now like i think it's going to be eventually like like uh ephedrine uh, oh yeah like or which was i used to take you know i'm naturally low energy uh, so I would take an ephedra before I went to the gym and, uh, it's, uh, it's, it was legal at the time, but then yeah, they outlawed to take it. it.
1: High school. What was that shit called? That was really popular. Well, Xenodrin, yeah. uh,
0: used to be ephedra. And then, uh,
1: I remember like the last week, all the
0: health food stores had it, had, uh, their ear to the ground and they knew the FDA was going to ban it so it's like they're having these crazy sales three for one i'm like wow and uh you know i know of one place who still sells it
1: oh really we'll,
0: uh, you know keep that information private. is
1: tribulus still legal tribulus is legal
0: uh um you know it's just a natural testosterone uh
1: yeah you I know enhancer i used to take it it made me crazy well it's like <laughs> made out of like bull semen yeah Oh. Like literally, yeah, that's like, why I always rubbed
0: it around my lips before I took it. No wonder you like sucking dick. <laughs> well, I knew you like sucking. That was the truth. That was the truth. Uh, so, I mean, you talk about stuff that, you know, you don't want to know the ingredients to when someone showed me the tribulus
1: was, came from bullseam and I'm like, you know, I'm good with Zen, huh? Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, but yeah, isn't there, there's some things that you could take from like, you know, like nutrition store that will give you the same, uh, you know, kind of benefits as like a boner pill, isn't there? Cause like, I, I know that a lot of these boner pills all use the same kind of four different uh, ingredients, a lot of natural, like I think one is like,
0: uh, well, uh, now I sound like Rogan with the, uh, you know, his knowledge of herbs and stuff. But this is one area that I probably could uh, compete with Rogan on in terms of knowledge. Uh, uh, Natural, uh, for you out there who are afraid to take what me and Brian are talking about and taking, uh, you know, maca root. Mocero, that's it. Yeah, is, you can get it on um, Amazon. Oh, you can get yeah. that uh at uh N one oh one, you can get it at Gold's Gym. Uh zinc is a uh, an alleged uh, natural um, dick supplement. Uh chocolate. Mm-hmm. Some people think is an aphrodisiac. It's not necessarily a will get your dick hard, but uh But, I mean, I'm talking, like, the chocolate at Trader Joe's. Right. Like, uh, the organic, you know. Raw chocolate. Yeah, raw chocolate. But it doesn't taste that great. Um, I'm trying to think what else. There
1: was Uh, another one. It was like a...
0: uh, There's... uh, Vitamin E um, is uh, rumored to have... uh, uh, Niacin is a great one because... uh, You know, it uh, expands the blood. You know, bodybuilders take niacin because it uh, expands the blood vessels. Right. So, like, when you're doing bicep curls, more blood gets into your bicep, and theoretically is supposed to give you a bigger arm. Uh, But, you know, your dick is the biggest blood vessel in your body. Yeah. So what niacin doesn't go into your arms or your squats Uh or your whatever goes into your
1: dick and this Uh, probably works with women you know maybe mixed with like tequila or something
0: well uh (laughs) yeah but that's the the, that's the uh the catch 22 with booze anyway is uh, alcohol restricts your blood vessels Mm -hmm. so you got to double up and uh yohimbi is uh it's an african root uh that gives you an almost hot rod 5000 like boner it's not very pleasant but if you're uh got a hot date young chick you think you might need a little help that night uh, and you don't want to take the zens or the hot rod 5000s or the black power i would recommend going to uh you know your trader joe's or uh you know there's a store in westwood i don't know the name of it it's the only store out here that sells the uh, rogan's uh, on it oh, really? uh it's like basically whole foods and trader joe's competition but it's only in westwood uh fuck i forget the name of it it's not mrs gooch's but uh, some uh if you go on uh, yelp and uh, look up vitamin store in westwood it pops up uh they have uh you know natural supplements i would recommend starting off with the yohembe pill two maca root pills and uh maybe vitamin e it'll there get you go. going yeah then visit uh their uh on it section. Uh, o n i t is it. O n n i t. Yeah, don't uh, don't go to O n i t. O n n i t. Uh, I use their uh, mood uh,
1: thing, and it actually yeah. helped. New mood. I it's, love new mood because I'm all about. Uh, it's that, got a little five H T P little zinc in there. It's uh, wait, no, that, no, I'm thinking of that.
0: Well, he has several. I took the cartilage one and uh, Alpha Brain. Alpha Brain. I would always tell Joe at the store, hey, I took that Alpha Male stuff. And he's like, it's Alpha Brain, you
1: idiot. Uh, Alpha Male is those nails for guys.
0: Yeah. So, uh, but, uh, you know, I could go on for an hour, another hour. But see, my goal, Red Band, and I'm sure it's yours too on your shows, I want people to go, I want to listen to part two with you. So this is the part of the show where, and I don't think you need me plugging your online presence, but...
1: Where can inappropriate Earl fans find you? Uh, Red ban on Twitter, R-E-D-B-A-N, death squad TV. And uh, shop squad is my t-shirt line for all the death squad cats.
0: And please, uh, and Facebook, do you uh, want people contacting uh, you on I don't there? really
1: fuck with Facebook too much. It's more Twitter based and Instagram. Instagram, Instagram yeah. It's Red, still Red Band? Yeah, yeah. Um, and Periscope, dude? Periscope, yeah. I Periscope all the time. Periscope way too much. Uh, but yeah, but yeah. you're making your own shit. Yeah, just keeping it out there.
0: And that's the whole, you know, you struggling comics out there. You're bummed out, you're not getting stage time. Like there's one comic at the store. Who's new to town? You can tell he's bombed out. He's not getting up. It's like, dude, make your own stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's and, you know that's so important. The store make,
0: will contact make your own you. Spots. Yep. Yeah, I mean you, <laughs> you know, uh, although you're not past at the store, you're you make you have your own show there.
1: Yeah, two shows there. <laughs> and, right. We well, have Kill Tony, Kill Tony, and then uh, that's every Monday at eight p.m. And then we have uh, Death Squad Secret Show, which is once or twice a week. So uh, and it's the best
0: lineups in town. It's like a typical yeah. line a, a typical lineup is uh Rogan, Ian
1: Edwards, Joey Diaz, Tony Hinchcliffe, Dean Del Rey, uh, uh we've had Doug Stanhope, Louis, Pablo Francisco, like we've had you know Tom Dean. Segura. Yeah. Uh so it's like the, you won't
0: find a better lineup uh in the country uh, than these shows. So if you're in LA or uh look uh, on uh, Death TV for, and for uh, tour dates tour dates they were just in ohio they go all over the country uh you, the lineups are stellar and uh kill tony monday nights mm-hmm. and uh keep, red bands one of the good ones in this business and believe me folks there's not a lot uh, <laughs> so follow him he don't need it but do it anyway <laughs> I think I plugged Ralphie May's special I'm I'm sure Ralphie doesn't need my uh, <laughs> the 10 extra uh, sales but I try and get the word out about people I actually like so thank you uh, Earl dude thank you uh, and come back anytime uh, I thought you were the perfect guest to have on after Tommy because you're uh, yeah
1: you're- I can't wait for the next episode or all of that
0: I mean I'm you know I don't want to repeat too much so I'm I'm trying to figure I want comics to s- send in questions not cuz I'm too lazy to uh, come up with them but I know a lot of comics have come up to me in the last week so dude you should ask them this uh you know why didn't he do this and uh you know the only questions i'm not gonna ask him is why didn't he pass me yeah uh one guy actually sent me that question it's like dude i'm not gonna you know uh but ryan stout uh i said do you want me to do your questions anonymously he's like no you can use my name (laughs) he's got like 10 questions because and they're all good like legitimate uh you know your philosophy on why you did this and so if you have questions for Tommy, uh, in this episode with Red Band will be tomorrow, Thursday. So you've got four days to send me questions on Facebook or my email, Eskakel. That's E-S-K-A-K-E-L at AOL. I'm still on AOL. It's embarrassing. Are you kidding me? I hate it. You've got mail. Is that oh, still? That's the worst. Oh, my God gosh what go get gmail man i'm gonna have to off air get your help on some things because i literally every morning i wake up i have 24 new emails on aol and two are legitimate ones it's a spam on theirs
1: yeah well no one's running aol anymore it's all like robots and stuff (laughs) now thank you
0: steve case (laughs) uh you know for ruining my inbox but uh you know part two i hope people like as much as part one uh we're going to get a little deeper into Tommy's philosophies and I might be a little more, not necessarily combative, but, uh, now that he trusts me, hopefully it's like, all right, let's really, you know, get into it. And, uh, no, I know there's certain things he can't talk about, yeah. um, due to confidentiality, uh, clauses, but, uh, there's yeah. other things he can't. Yeah. So, uh,
1: like prescription medicines that he takes right
0: i mean allegedly allegedly (laughs) uh, you know allegedly you know some nights you would walk into his office and it would be like the london fog in there (laughs) but uh we'll let him talk about it so uh guys you know the drill inappropriate earl soundcloud and itunes uh leave a review on itunes i'm just trying to get into the top 2000 podcasts uh (laughs) and uh follow red band uh joe rogan joey diaz uh, tony henchcliffe josh martin you know he's the hidden uh behind the scenes uh gem of uh the death squad network at uh, tom segura christina pazitsky uh, dean del rey uh it's a nice little family the comedy store and death squad has and uh just uh, kim congdon uh, uh sarah weinshank uh you know, there's too many names to. But you know, we're all one family. We all love each other and support each other. Ralphie May, uh, Craig Fitzsimmons. I mean, uh, Don, Don Barris, Don Barris, Don Herrera. The uh, d- d- just the uh, the list could go on forever. But you get the idea. Follow all those people, and uh, we will see you tomorrow with Red Band Thursday, and then Tommy morse Sue Monday. Some sequels aren't as better. Hopefully this will be the Rocky Two of Podcast. Tommy Morris back in the house.